Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the message today. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit lhachurch.com. This morning I want to share with you, before we get into the Word of the Lord together, uh, a challenge for the upcoming year. Share it with you today as uh, you won't be back in church. After today, you won't be back in church until next year. So I want to give you a challenge as we prepare to begin a new year. When you leave today, you're going to receive paper just like this. Everyone will receive one, parents, young people, children alike. Uh, What we'd like to do, we'd like to challenge you. This is a 52-week Bible reading plan. We've talked about Bible reading plans uh, every year. This one is different. This one will walk you through the New Testament. And as a congregation, what we'd like to do is as, as a congregation, we'd like to walk through the New Testament together throughout the year. And so when you leave today, you'll receive that. And we'd like to encourage you on the beginning of the year uh, to take that journey with us. Uh, the importance of that is this, Psalm 119 and verse 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Now, the truth is, I don't know what uh, 2019 is going to hold for us. None of us know what the days ahead will be, but we do know this. Even in the darkness of this life, there is a light that shines. It is the Word of God. And just as this morning the Holy Spirit, through the ministry of the gifts of the Spirit, spoke words to us of encouragement and exhortation and edifying this morning. God wants to speak to your life and my life through the coming year. And he does throw so through his word. And so I want to encourage you to join with us on this journey this year as, as a church we walk together through the New Testament. Now, if you'll take your Bibles, since we're talking about the Word this morning, if you'll take them out and turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter number 6, that's where we will spend our time together today. Matthew chapter number 6, Matthew chapter number 6, you know, as I have spoken to so many people who recently have expressed the thought that it's an amazing uh, notion that how quickly the 2018 is gone. To find ourselves at the end of yet another year, seems like 2018 just got here. And Paul and I was remarking a couple days ago, how many of y'all remember the Y2K scare and everything that came with it? Folks, that's been almost 20 years ago. We are embarking yet on another year again. And we're finding ourselves coming upon a new season. The truth is this past year has been a blur. It's went so quickly. There have been many things that we have experienced together as a body of Christ, many things we've experienced as individuals. We have experienced some mountaintop experiences. We've had some great things that have happened in 2018. And as a body of believers and as individuals, we have also walked through some very difficult times in 2018. Some of you have faced things this past year that you never imagined that you would face. And you are walking through still the remainder and the residual of those events as we prepare to go into a new year. You know, in just a few days we will launch forth yet into another season 
of our lives. And whichever side of that equation, the, the good things, the difficult things, whichever side of that equation that you find yourself in today, and as we look forward into the future concerning the upcoming year, there is one thing that is common to us all. And that is that the future, the future is unclear. The future is uncertain. We simply do not know what a day is going to bring, what kind of events will be brought to our lives. Uncertainty with that has a way of bringing a spirit of fear and a sense of uneasiness as we march forward in our lives. But I would remind you today that as we walk by faith, even though you and I may not know what tomorrow may bring, we know the one who holds tomorrow in his hand. And not only does he have tomorrow in his hand, but he has your life and my life in his hand. And he's promised that he will take care of us and he'll carry us through those places. Can you say amen? As we approach the new year, I want to take us together today through the words of Christ. And my prayer is that you and I will find new strength and new resolve as we enter into a new season of our lives. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse number 25. Jesus said these words, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you'll drink or about, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life and why do you worry about clothes see how the flowers of the field grow they do not labor or spin Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Have you ever worried about something in life? Worried about an event, worried about a situation, worried about your kids, worried about your job, maybe worried about your marriage, worried about money, worried about sickness, worried about a doctor's report, worried about a notice you received in the mail. The truth is today we understand that worry can control it can manipulate our lives it can gridlock even your life i heard someone say recently worry chokes the life out of us 
Worry has the ability to choke and to strangle the life and even rob the vibrancy of life out of us. Worry. It can rob you of peace. It will rob you of soundness of mind. Worry can take your physical health, your emotional health, and can even affect your spiritual well-being. When you look at this passage in Matthew 6, we find that Jesus has some things to say about our lives, and more importantly, he has some things to say about our lives in relationship to worry. Now, the truth is, I, I know worry is something that's common to us all. We all can understand worry, can't we? I understand worry. I understand uh, just like you do, the things in life that cause us oftentimes to be filled with fear and worry. In this passage, we find that Jesus gives us some words. Then, if you want to leave your Bible or your electronic device open there to this passage, we're going to spend our time together in this passage today. He says in verse 25 these words, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Take notice of the word right there in verse 25, the word therefore, because therefore in verse 25 is tied to the preceding verse, Matthew 6 and verse 24, and it says this words, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, the truth is, you and I understand that in our world today, money, there's a word that is tied to money. It is the word security. Many build their lives on the security of their money. They build their security for retirement. They build their security for their future. And the truth is, we don't know what tomorrow may bring. But everybody says, well, I'm going to have a little nest egg over here so that if difficult times come, I've got myself taken care of and I am secure. Now, the Bible says we can't serve God, both God and money. So if we can't serve God and the false security of the riches of this world, then how is it that we serve God? Jesus answers that question in verse 25 when he says, therefore I tell you, do not worry. Now the, the thought in the original text is this, to stop worrying. I mean, nobody had to teach you to worry, did they? Your parents never sat down with you and said, okay, now, son, okay, daughter, today is going to be life lesson day. Today I want to teach you something that's going to be with you entire your life. We're going to have some exercises this morning in worry. Nobody ever did that, did they? Worrying is something that comes very natural to us. So the original thought here is to stop worry. Listen, friend, when Jesus Christ comes into your life and when Jesus Christ comes to bring change in your life and my life, friend, it affects every area. He says, you know what? You're a changed person. Old things have passed away and behold everything. The principles you live by, the things you do, the ways you do it, everything is changed today because of Jesus Christ. So the original thought here is not uh, consider, it's to stop worrying. 
I wonder if that applies to any of us today in this place. Anyone in this room ever had struggles with worry? Worrying, being afraid, being worried over what's going to happen? In this passage, Jesus began teaching the crowds, and, and really he's teaching you and I today because this is not just an archaic teaching. This is a teaching that's relative today to you and I. So he's teaching the crowds then in the Sermon on the Mount as the crowds that gather around to listen. He's teaching them, but yet his words still echo to 2018, getting ready to be 2019 to you and I. And he teaches on the effects that worry can have on our lives. One of the first things we find in this passage is this, that worry takes our focus off of what matters most. Worry takes our focus off what matters most. Look at verse 25. Jesus said, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Now, what we see in this passage is that eating and drinking and your body, these are life's necessities. How many of y'all know eating's pretty important? Some of y'all been sitting here this morning, your stomach's already growling. Your stomach's getting ready in preparation for lunch today. How many of y'all know, you ever get thirsty? Man, last night was one of those nights I woke up in the middle of the night and I could have drank a barrel of water, I think. Sometimes we get so thirsty. We understand. And the truth is we got to take care of our bodies. So y'all got up this morning, got out of bed, got yourself cleaned up. At least I hope you got yourself cleaned up. Your neighbor will appreciate it if you got cleaned up this morning. You brushed your teeth. I hope you brushed your teeth. Some of us brushed our hair. Others didn't have to brush their hair today. But you got yourself ready. The truth is we understand the body is pretty important. We understand that eating and drinking of the body, we would call those life necessities. But what Jesus is trying to say to us is this, don't worry about life's necessities. Now, isn't that odd? Because in our natural mind, you would think if there's anything that I should worry about, it would be the necessities of my life. But Jesus counters that idea that what we eat and what we wear constitutes the main things in our lives with this thought we find in verse 25. He says, is not life more than food? And is the body not more than clothes? What Jesus is saying is the real issues of life are not the basics, not the temporary, but the real Important things are the things of eternal value. The real issues, they're far more important than what you and I eat, what you're going to wear. Worry causes us to concentrate on things that really aren't that important. Now, I want you to think for a moment how many of you have been worried over events in your life before, and I wonder how many of those events really came to be. How many of y'all ever woke up in the middle of the night and heard a noise? Your mind was convinced somebody was in the house. I would venture to guess most of you have never woke up and there was somebody in the house other than the people that were supposed to be there. It usually doesn't happen, does it? 
the majority of the things we worry about, spend our energies on, and even eat up our bodies, never even occur. The real issues of life are more important than what we eat or what we're going to wear. Here's the point. When was the last time that you came upon somebody who was worried about the things that really matter, worried about their relationship with God, worried about how things were between them and the Heavenly Father, worry if I'm not the person God wants me to be, worrying if I'm not the husband and the father that God's created me, worrying am I ready for heaven, worried am I ready for the rapture of the church, worried are my kids going to make it to heaven, worried about the things that in light of eternity really matter. Most times that's not what we worry about. Most times people spend their time worrying about the little things that seem like the big things. That's the problem with worry. Worry takes our focus off what really matters most. I heard an illustration sometime back that said this. If you were to go out this morning and there was a really, really dense, thick fog... It was so dense and so thick that you couldn't hardly see to drive your automobile through it. Now, if you were to take that same fog, and if you'll just think with me for a moment, and if that fog were to be seven blocks by seven blocks and a hundred feet thick, so dense you can't see through it, how much water do you think would be contained in all of that fog. Well, I don't know about you, but my brain immediately goes, that's got to be lots and lots and lots and lots of water. The reality is you can take an area of fog seven blocks by seven blocks by 100 feet deep, and when you condense all the water vapor down, you can fill a glass with that water. The truth that comes to reality is this. That's how worry works. We view it as something really different than what it is. We view it as something small that doesn't really affect much, but yet worry has profound effects. A little bit of worry brings profound effects to our lives. Secondly, I would challenge you with this thought from our passage is that worry doesn't have the power to change anything look at verse 27 can any of you now listen he's got a crowd of people there he's teaching to and he asked this question can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life now the truth is you and i understand what it is to worry about the hours of life we worry about our age we worry about how long we're going to live we we worry about the thoughts of how much longer do i have and in my future what is ahead of me what is going to yet happen in my life and jesus said you and i are not going to live any longer by worrying about it because worry doesn't have the power to change anything Look at verses 28 and 29. He says, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was not dressed like one of these. Worry 
doesn't change anything. Josh, if you'll help me with those pictures. It's a cold day outside today. And it's been very cold. These are pictures. Josh, you can just roll through them if you like. These are pictures of flowers that grow outside of our house. Now, they're not there today. In case you're wondering, we don't have a magic formula. But during the summertime, these are flowers that grow outside of our house. And they're so incredibly beautiful. They're so incredibly fragrant. You can walk up onto our porch and, and you will smell the fragrance of roses when you walk up on our porch in the summertime. They're so beautiful. But you know, I have never yet gotten up early on a summer morning and went out on the porch and surprised the roses and heard any of them saying, oh, I'm so worried about how I'm going to look today. <laughs> and you know, they come and they, they start as a bud and they blossom and they open and they open. Not one of them is worried going, oh no, oh no, I'm losing my petals. I'm going down. Those petals just exist. The flowers exist. They, they are beautiful because that's what God created them for. There's a season to everything. Worry doesn't change anything in our lives. I'm not asking for a show of hands, but I would wonder how many of you have ever worried about the effects of getting older. Truth is, we say to ourselves, I don't want to be older. I don't want to do this thing. I don't want to go that path. I am amazed. I remember thinking when I turned 50 years old, I can't believe I'm 50. My parents were 50. <laughs> and I thought, how? You know, because I'm still thinking I'm 20 on the inside. I'm not 20 on the outside, though. Not long ago, I was out with some guys eating lunch, and we all... We all ordered, strangely enough, we all ordered the same food, and we got the table. We sat down, and we were marking about our bills, and for some reason, my bill was less than their bill. <laughs> I will make the notion that all of them were under 20 years of age, except me. <laughs> and so we got to look at the bill while mine was less, and we noticed that the young lady, the confused <laughs> young lady, gave me a senior citizen discount. And I thought, how dare you? You are robbing your company. You are stealing from the company. I'm not old enough yet. But I'll be honest with you, after a little while, I kind of like the idea that I saved money that day, and they spent more money. So I was upset for a minute, and then I kind of left happier. Now I'm okay if you want to help me save money. <laughs> The truth is, uh, this thought bears weight in regarding to this passage. We can think we don't want to get older. We can think we don't want things to change. Worrying about getting old has no significance in this life. I want to underscore that. In light of it all, worry has no significance in your life and my life. It's not 
what is most important in my life. What I'm doing with my life while I'm getting older is what really matters. Worrying doesn't change anything. You can't add anything, no positive benefit, no positive outcome to your life by worrying. On the contrary, worry actually subtracts from your life. I often wonder if by worrying we add more lines to our face. I wonder if by worrying our hair turns more gray. I wonder if by worrying we affect our physical bodies so much they get stiffer and the joints don't work as well because of all the worry about getting stiffer. Worry takes away peace of mind. It robs us of our health. It robs us of our sleep. Worry is like the mouse on the wheel, feverishly running but getting absolutely nowhere. Worry. As you and I are embarking on yet another new year, I want to encourage you with the words of Christ today, and I want to encourage you to set a different course for 2019 than you have in 2018. Thirdly, this morning, I would challenge you with this thought. Worry sends the wrong message to God. Worry sends the wrong message to God. Now, we're always sending messages to God. You see, the truth and the reality is that he sees our heart, he sees our mind, he sees our life. The Bible teaches us that he is omniscient, he is infinitely omniscient, he knows everything, he knows what's in our heart all the time. He's always looking into our hearts. When we worry, we're sending the wrong message to God. We're sending a message, and that message says... I need to control this. You see, when we worry and we send a message to God, it's not always the message we want God to hear. Look at Matthew 6 and 26 in our text. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they. God provides for the birds on a daily basis. The birds don't store up months at a time, but he daily provides for them. And Jesus said, if God takes care of the simple birds on a daily basis, how much more valuable are you to your heavenly father than the birds? Worry sends the message to God that says, I'm the one who has to provide for my life. When we worry, what we're saying is, I don't matter to you, God, as much as a bunch of old birds. Look at Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 through 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. My friend, today I would declare to you that you are very important to God. He loves you. 
He is your heavenly Father. He cares about you. But you know, when we get lost and we get caught up, Sarah was talking earlier about the the whirlwind of dust. When we get caught up in a whirlwind of worry, really what we're saying by worrying is that, God, you're not listening. God, I don't matter to you. Worry sends the message to God that says, God, what's going on in my life is of little value to you. Matthew 6 and 30. Jesus said, if this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of, excuse me, you of little faith. How much more will he care for you? More than these flowers. If he goes to great extremes to make them and dress them incredibly beautiful, how much more, friend, will he care for you? If he cares for the flowers of the field, I showed you those pictures. And today when you go to our house, I have to tell you, we're in a different season right now than summer. And when you go to our house, things don't look that bright outside. There is no smell of roses outside. In fact, it's usually so cold, you don't want to stand outside and smell anything. All you can think is, I want to get in where it's warm. Those roses are temporary. They're just here for a season. And if God, in his care and in God's concern, if he dresses them and makes them and gives them a fragrance that is so incredibly beautiful and they are temporary how much more does he care about you you who are his eternal creation there's something about you today that is unlike anything else in all creation you are the only part of creation that was made expressly in the image of god you're the only one you're the only thing that bears it You're the only thing that he's made so close. You are the only one that he was willing to give his very own son. The last couple weeks as we came into Christmas, we talked how God took on flesh, became man, so that he could come and he could die on an old rugged cross to provide salvation for you and me. You're the only one that was of great enough value in all creation that he chose to give his son for. He gave his one and only son on the cross so that you and I might be brought into his family. Friend, if he went to those kinds of extremes for you and me, don't you think he's going to take care of you? Worry. Worry says, God, you're disconnected from my life. When we worry, what we're saying is, God, you're not aware. God, you're not online with my problems. Therefore, I need to worry about this. I don't really know what's going on. I know that you have tomorrow in your hand, but I don't know. And therefore, God, I've got to worry about it. Matthew 6, verses 31 and 32 in our passage, Jesus said, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Those are all future things. For the pagans run after all of these things. 
The pagans are those that are godless. Those are the people who don't know God. The people who are not connected with the Heavenly Father. And what Jesus is doing, he's saying, I'm making a distinction between those who don't know Christ and those who do from this perspective. If you know Christ, you have a hope that you didn't have when you didn't know him. You will notice Jesus said in that passage, the Father knows. So when you and I are tempted to say, God, you aren't aware of what's going on in my life, we need to come back to the passage where Jesus said, your heavenly Father knows. The truth is for you and for me, the future is an unknown fact. But God is not like you and me. God knows the beginning and the end. Worry says to God, you're not aware, so I must be on my own. I need to worry about how this is going to come out, and I need to worry about how I'm going to meet this need. Worry, therefore, chokes the life out of us, and worry sends the wrong message to God. So what's the whole answer to worrying? What's the response to this whole thing of worrying? Because I'm going to be honest. I'm preaching a sermon today that relates to me. This This is not, Jesus was not giving a positive confession kind of message. This was not a, I've got all this storm and I'm in the middle of it and I'm not worrying. And I keep telling myself, I'm not worrying. I'm not worrying. It'll go away. I'm not worrying. That's not what Jesus is trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us to understand the fact that he has our life right in the palm of his hand. And that he is our father. And though you and I may not know tomorrow, he does know tomorrow. You haven't got to Monday, but he's already there. There's nothing that's beyond his control. So what's the response to this whole worrying thing? Friend, Jesus wants to give us a new direction. He just simply said these words. This was so profound to me when I was in preparation for today. Jesus didn't say, don't worry, and you're not going to worry by sitting over here and you're going to keep saying these phrases over and over and over again. Jesus makes a very simple statement. He says this, do not worry. You know what that says to me? Preaching right here to me. Worrying is a choice. I choose. We say, well, it's in my nature. I, 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 I care. I, I, I need to worry. It's, it's how I'm wired up. I just got to do it. Jesus didn't say that, did he? Have you ever met some people before that you were in the midst of a storm and they were just as calm and cool as a cucumber? I mean, they just, they just, and you're like, why is this bothering you? And they get upset at you because you're not worrying with them. Jesus simply said, when you head into a new season of your life, three words, do not worry. Do not worry. Now, some people would go, 
Yeah, but isn't that like hiding our head in the sand and just kind of saying, well, it doesn't exist because I can't see it? Absolutely not. The reason Jesus could say, do not worry, is he, had, he gave the answer and he said, because your heavenly Father knows everything that you need. I was reading the passage last night in 2 Peter chapter 2, and he says that God has given us everything we need for living a godly life in Christ Jesus. Everything. He has given us everything. Now, let's be honest for a moment. If you're like me, worry has become a habit. I'm just being real. I worry about this thing, and I worry about that thing, and I worry about, well, what will this happen? And, and well, what will this person think if I do this? And what will, what will happen if I do that? And we worry, and we get caught in a rut of worry. Jesus wants to give us, in the midst of that mentality, a new direction. He wants to help us chart a new course. Listen, 2019 does not have to be what all the other years have been in your life. We have a choice. We can choose the opposite. If we choose worry, then we can choose the opposite of worry. What is that? Faith. Faith. You will notice at the end of verse number 30 in our passages this morning, Jesus says these words concerning the Father, will he not much more clothe you? He gives this little description of us. You of little faith. Now, you'll notice he is not saying you don't have enough faith. He's saying you have little faith. And really what the, when you look back at the original language in this text, really the thought that it's bringing forth in our language would be this. You are trusting too little. That changes perspective, doesn't it? I'm trusting too little. It's not that I need more faith. I'm just trusting too little with the faith I have. I'm not fully engaging and fully taking him at his word. It's not that I don't have enough faith. I'm just not fully trusting him with the faith that I have. Faith. It's the opposite of worry. Faith. It is the antidote for worry. Believing the word of God. Believing that you and I matter to him. Believing that God is aware of the needs in my life. Believing the word of God and acting on it. I would remind you of this fact. Probably everyone in this room has been through some life crisis. Some of you have been through multiple life crises. And yet, you're still here today, aren't you? Things that when the crisis blew up, you thought, there is no way I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how I will get to tomorrow. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to get over this financial hurdle, and yet you're still here today. I don't know how we're going to make it through this loss. I don't know how we're going to make it through this day, this week, this month, this year. And yet, you and I are still here today. Faith. It's the opposite of worry. Matthew 6 and verse 33 he says, if worry is a choice, 
And faith is the right choice. Look at verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. When you look at Matthew 6 and 33 in the Amplified Bible, it is rendered this way. Seek God's way of doing things. That's huge. I wonder how many times, though we have received Christ, though we have the promises of God, though we have his promises in the word, and even though we know the promise of the word, I wonder Sometimes, how many times we still respond to life crisis the same way we did before we came to Christ? What Jesus is encouraging us to do in this coming year is to seek first the kingdom of God is righteous and watch as he adds all these things to our lives. God's way of doing things. There's many attributes that you and I could probably give to God. We could say today he's loving. We could say he's compassionate. We could say he's long-suffering. We could say of God his mercy is triumphant. But there's one word you would never use to describe God. Worry. I doubt God has any sleepless nights on the throne in heaven. I doubt... God ever looks at Jesus and the Holy Spirit and wringing his hands says, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to deal with this. I don't know. And you would say, well, yeah, that's easy because he's God. And you'd say, that's no big deal because he's God. He can do what? Nothing is bigger than God. So there is nothing for God to worry about. But you say, I'm not like God. But I would remind you today, the Bible says you are his heirs. You're his sons and daughters. The Bible teaches what God has, you have. Wow. I pray that that's divine revelation for our hearts and our lives. I don't have to be in fear because of God. I don't have to worry because of God. I don't have to worry. I can respond in faith. I wonder often the time that we spend worrying, how might our lives change if we spent the same amount of time praying or declaring who he is. On the faith side, instead of, as Jesus said, the little faith. Listen to these promises in the word, Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call to me and I will answer you. Matthew 7 and verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Mark 11 and 24, ask and believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Trust today that he will bring all these things that are needed into your life. Trust that as your heavenly father, he is watching over you. And when, friend, when you are tempted to worry, run to him. 
When your mind is filled with fear, pray, call upon him, trust in his name, trust in the Lord with all your heart. See, worry, when we get caught up, if you're like I am, when I've gotten caught up in the franticness of worry, it's about the uncertainty that I'm worried about. Our kids leave the house in the car. How many of y'all, if you raise kids and your child left, in the, left the house in the car for the first time, y'all remember that feeling? And all you did as a parent, just go, Jesus, keep them safe. Jesus, keep them safe. Jesus, keep them safe. And, and a lot of you raised kids when they didn't have a cell phone. <laughs> and then if they were late coming home that night with curfew, I know that's a foreign word anymore, but that's okay. Some of you remember what that is. And they didn't come home on time, and you're, oh, no. I Every parent could see their kid laying out on the side of the road. It's fear of the unknown, isn't it? You and I may not know tomorrow. We may not know five minutes from now. But the God you have entrusted your life to, friend, not only knows right now, but he knows tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. And, friend, he will take care of you. So I encourage you as you begin to head into a brand new year, I encourage you today with the words of Jesus Christ, do not worry. Do not worry. Heavenly Father, today... Lord, we just look to you this morning, Father, and uh, Father, our hearts today are really looking to you because this is a issue, this is a topic that we can all relate with, and Father, uh, we've all wrestled with, and I, as believers, uh, there's many times we've said, Lord, I don't want to worry, and yet we've found ourselves caught yet still in the trap of the whirlwind of worry when God really what you want to do is you want to bring peace and you want to bring rest to us Father I ask you today that you will help us God I don't want to head into this new year being a man of worry I want to head into this new year being a man of faith God, I don't want to head into this new year as a man of uncertainty, but I want to head into this new year as a man of your word. I may not have control of the world, but God, you have it all right in the palm of your hand. So Lord, as I march into a new year, I want to do so as a person of faith, not worry. Trust and not unbelief. Peace, not fear. For you have not given us a spirit of fear. But you've given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. A mind that can sleep at 3 o'clock in the morning. A mind that is not run ragged by the unknowns of today or tomorrow or next week. So Lord, we trust you today. Lord, as we head into the new year, we trust that you're going to take care of us. We believe you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me this morning? This morning, uh, 
I want to lead us in prayer in a couple of different directions, but the first thing I'd like to do today, if you as a believer today say, you know what, as I head into 2019, I want to be a person of faith and the word as I head into 2019. I don't want to be a person characterized by worry. I don't want to be characterized by fear. I want to be characterized by the Word of God and faith in Christ. If that's you, would you step out from where you're at and come and stand around the front of the church together with me? You say, as I go in the new year, I want to be characterized by faith. And I want to be characterized by the Word. I want solid, firm foundation in my life. You say, that's what I want my life to be characterized by. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If I'm going to be known in this new year, I want to be known. I want to be known as a person of faith. Yes, Lord. I want to be known as a person who believes God in spite of the circumstances. I want to be known by the power of the Word of God in my life. Not running around feverishly in fear and worry. As you've come this morning, um, how many of you would listen? Th this is really, I, I'm just, this is going to be a, a call just for honesty, and I have to raise my hand first, okay? How many of you that have come down here say, you know what, I do deal with worry? Would you lift your hand? Would you just keep your hand lifted? Would you look around the room? It's not one or two of us, is it? We all deal with worry. So listen, before we go on and take another step, let's first of all, let's head there, okay? It's common to us all, me included. I don't want, I don't want to spend my energy in this coming year. I don't want to spend my peace on worry. I don't want to waste the energy of peace on worry about things that never are even going to happen. Let's pray first. If you say, you know what, I wrestle with worry, let's pray in that direction. And you know the things that worry you. You know, some of you came to church this morning worried about things. Maybe it was money, maybe it was your kids, maybe it was things going on in your marriage. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe some of you are getting ready to have family get-togethers and you're worried about family get-togethers. Whatever it is, it's causing you to worry. I'm going to ask you, and that, that, that overflows to all of us up here. I want to pray, and as we do, I want you to just give that area to the Lord. You know the things that tend to cause you to worry. Lord, I give that to you. I, I give that to you. Just release it. You can't keep it because it's not doing you any good. It's only causing you harm. Let's pray. Father, today you see our lives and Father, you see our hearts and everything going on in our hearts. Father, you know, God, what we, what we worry about. God, I'm so tired of being worried so tired of worrying about the things that I don't have any control over. 
so tired of worrying about the future and what if and what, what, what may be. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, I curse the spirit of worry and fear. I curse the spirit of worry and fear in Jesus' name. I take authority over the spirit of worry. For those who are paralyzed by fear and worry in Jesus' name, I declare freedom for you in the name of Jesus Christ. I curse the spirit of worry. You have no place here. These are the instruments and the tools of the Holy Spirit. You have no place here. You have no place here. You have no place here. You have no place robbing their peace of mind. You have no authority to take their rest. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over you by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. And I declare freedom today in your mind. I declare freedom in your life. I declare freedom, 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 freedom. Freedom from worry. Freedom from fear. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom. God, I ask you for a breakthrough today. A breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, I pray for a breakthrough. I will not politely give up spirit of worry. I will not politely back up from you today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare you have no authority here. We are the sons. We are the daughters of the Most High God. I curse the spirit of fear. I curse the spirit of fear. I curse the spirit of fear. And I speak the blessing of peace over your mind. In the name of Jesus, I speak the blessing of peace in your heart. I speak the blessing of rest in your mind. I speak the blessing of faith over your life. I speak the blessing of faith. Speak the blessing of faith. I speak the blessing of faith over you. I speak the blessing of faith over every hour that you have spent worrying. I speak faith over the ulcers. I speak faith over the heart problems. I speak faith over the effects of your body that's happened in your body over worry. I speak faith in the name of Jesus. I speak faith in the name of Jesus. I speak faith in Jesus' name. Fear has no place. No place in Jesus' name. Now, friends, with your heads still bowed in an attitude of prayer, let's just pray together. Father, this year I want to be a person of faith and the Word. I want to be a person of faith and the Word. Maybe you say, I'm not. Lord, I want to grow in faith and the Word. 
whatever the prayer of your heart, just pray that with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray this upcoming year will be a year of transformation. I pray, God, I pray you'll cause us to grow in faith, to go from faith to faith to faith, believing, believing through the power of your word. Father, I pray your word will get priority in my life this year like it's never had before. If your word is a lamp into my feet and a light from my pathway, let your word shine in my life this year, I pray. I trust you, Father, that you are working all things together for my good. That you have not left me. You're right here with me. And I'm right in the palm of your hand. So, Father, I pray this year, God, I want to be more I want to be a more a man of the word. I want to be a man that believes your word. Not just hears it, but lives it, believes it, and trusts it. Father, I ask these things today for us. I ask them, Father, for my life, but I also ask them today for us as a corporate body. That, Father, you will help us to trust you even more. In Jesus' name I pray. I thank you, Father, that you always hold us close. I thank you that you're always with us. I thank you that you are our victory. I thank you that in 2019, you'll still be our victory. You are our shepherd who watches over us. So I speak your peace over every heart in life today. I speak the peace of God that passes all understanding so that it will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I declare over you today that you'll be known for peace and not worry. You'll be known as a person of peace. Peace will characterize your life and not anxiety and not fear and not worry and not out of control, but peace peace from the Prince of Peace. I declare His peace over you. I declare today His peace to be in you. I declare His peace to flow through you. I declare His peace to cover your life. And I declare that 2019 will be a year of peace for you. For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he has given you the spirit of peace, power, love, and a sound mind. And those I declare over you today. Receive from him because they're your, his gift to you today Father we just receive all the good things you have for us and we're thankful we're thankful today that you give those gifts to us so Father today I pray your best blessing upon these people as Father we get ready to position ourselves for a new season God I declare for this church it'll be one of our finest seasons in you 
God, I pray you will take us this year into new places, new depths of you. God, more important than anything else, I ask you that this year would be a year that your presence characterizes our church. God, whatever that means and however you bring it about, I just pray it'll be a year that characterizes our services, our ministries, our efforts. I pray they'll be characterized by the manifest presence of the Almighty God. Father, I ask it in faith and I ask it believing. So, Lord, be with us as we head into a new season. I thank you for these things, and I give you all praise for them. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Isn't He a good God to us? May the Lord bless you today and may He keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you and bless you in every way. Have a great day today. May the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless you today. Have a great day.